This podcast with Tony Suarez is brought to you by Start Church. With our new Spanish ordination guide, you can establish a legitimate ordination program for your church. Learn more at startchurchespanol.com. That's start, S-T-A-R-T, church, C-H-U-R-C-H, espanol, E-S-P-A-N-O-L.com. invited to a table where I can speak truth, I will always go to that table, whether it's a candidate for president or whether it's someone of a different religion or a different persuasion that wants to hear what I believe to be truth, I will always go to that table and speak what thus saith the Lord. Hi, friends. Quick note about this podcast. We interviewed Reverend Tony Suarez while he was mid-traveling. He was in an airport, so the audio isn't the best, but what he says is straight fire, and we think you need to hear it. So we just wanted to let you know, give you a little warning that maybe it's not the highest quality audio, but the stories are definitely worth it. Check it out. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesslyn, and today I am here with Reverend Tony Suarez. Say hello, Tony. Hey, Jessalyn. It's so good to be on the podcast with you today. I'm so excited to have you here. You were recently telling me about this new book you have coming out soon. Can you tell the audience about that? Yes, thank you so much. Well, it's called The Triumphant Church. It's going to be available in bookstores nationwide November the 6th. It's currently available for pre-sale. And it's just an exciting message that God gave me when I was a young pastor of a struggling congregation. And it was, I, w- I was pastoring, and we were going through trials and just going through certain issues, and then um, go to ch- uh, conferences and different church events. I kept hearing people speak uh, war a church, and there was concern and doom prophecies, almost uh, talking of, as coming to an end. And I said, good God, you know, good God. I mean, like... You know what? Are we holding on? Are we are we counting it all as lost? And and the Lord gave me this message and showed me that from the time of the birth of the church till now, the church has tribulation, scandals, corruption, lying, deceit, money problems. But the church has always persevered because we're built on this promise that the gates of hell cannot, will not, and shall not prevail against the church. And every problem that the twenty first century churches fighting or battling right now existed in the first century church. It's all in every chapter of the book of Acts has signs, miracles, and wonders. And it's our problem that even though the enemy has raised up against us, even though at times we've been concerned even with the state of the church, we're built on this blessed hope that Jesus is coming again, and until he comes, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So I'm excited about the book. All of it was made possible because of Pastor Sam Rodriguez and my work with the NHCLC. Pastor Sam, about two years ago, uh, wasn't able to take a speaking engagement. He was headed to Africa, and he asked me, can you go and can you talk on the book of Acts? Well, that's my candy stick. Of course I can. And the book of Acts, and unbeknownst to me, the owner of a publishing company was sitting in the audience, and he met me in the lobby, and he said, I want to turn have your notes? Well, my notes were a napkin. I mean, I just kind of scribbled it. You know, this was a last-minute thing, and I said, if you turn this into a book, yes, you can. And, of course, it evolved from there, and just really excited message and the opportunity. It's my first published work, and um, thankfully, that, you know, segues into my work with the NHCLC. Mm -hmm. Um, About eight, nine years ago, 
I was pastoring that church and trying to trying to learn how I could be a spiritual leader, but also a both and rather than either or. And I, I met Pastor Sam. I went to an event, Washington, D.C., over a quarter of a million people there. And at this time, he looks different now, but at this time <laughs> I see this long-haired Pentecostal preacher get up with fire, with the Holy Ghost, with anointing, and he prays in the name of Jesus. I'd never heard anybody pray in the name of Jesus in Washington, D.C. And I was immediately attracted to that ministry and I said, I'm going to follow him. Um, I, I don't know how to get close to him. I don't know him. I don't know anybody that knows him, but he has something that I want. Mm-hmm. And a little while after that, uh, a wonderful lady who has had a tremendous impact on my life named Ann Jimenez, Bishop Ann Jimenez, she's the founder of the Rock Church, and her and her husband did all the big Washington for Jesus prayer rallies in the 80s where a million people or half a million people showed up in D.C. to pray. Uh, she invited me to preach on a Wednesday night. And when I got done preaching, she said, you need to meet Sam Rodriguez. And a few weeks later, she took me to Philadelphia and introduced me. And she said, Pastor Sam, Tony needs to be connected to you. And my life changed forever because of that man. And I thank God for him. And I, you know, I, I say it jokingly, but I mean it. He's, he's my apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, uh, my nutritionist, uh, <laughs> he's whatever. He's, and, and he's my friend, and I'm thankful for him. But he took a chance on me, and my life changed forever because of God through Pastor Sam. So very, very thankful for that man and his impact and deposit that he's made in my life. I love it. I know that Pastor Sam has also been involved with a lot of politics, and I know that you've been part of Trump's Faith Advisory Board. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Absolutely. You know, God gave Pastor Sam a vision uh, when he was a teenager about bringing together Martin Luther King's March with Billy Graham's message that we could be a movement of reconciliation that brings all races together, that brings all, regardless of what your economic status is, you could bring that together, and that we could could touch and by de facto touch the earth in Mm -hmm. the name of Jesus. And so that's how my work with Pastor Sam began, and as he has advised different presidential administrations, both Democrats, he did it, and as, as he has famously said, we do it because we're not of the agenda of the donkey or of the elephant. We're of the agenda of the lamb. Mm-hmm. So under the under the anointing of the lamb's agenda, I'd watch him walk into the White House, walk into the walk in, speak as an oracle of the Lord, as a, as a coastal church. He would speak under the anointing, and he would speak as a prophet of God, being a voice for the voiceless, but also as a voice. God used him in a mighty way, and um, and as I said before, he's built platforms for others. I, I say, I, I tell him, and I tell others. His parents gave him the right name. He's he's a modern day Samuel. He builds platforms and anoints others, and he shares those. Platforms. And I'm one of many that are are in ministry and doing things because of the platforms that he's built. And so, uh, I was very involved in the 2016 presidential campaign, and. Uh, as everyone knows, I, and I say it facetiously, there was like 92 different candidates running for president at the time. And when it got down to President uh, well, at that point, candidate Trump and candidate Clinton, uh, I made a decision to uh, to serve on the faith advisory board for then can I felt that it was important mm-hmm. that there be voices of righteousness that could speak on 
even Hispanic voters. Uh, at that time, I was the only Hispanic that was on that board. Um, and I guess I did all of this with the blessing of my pastor to do that. Mm-hmm. But the, the conviction was, and and and, not, and I'm going to put the beginning. I'm not Jesus, and President Trump isn't Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. But what God heart was that Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, and it was a very unpopular move. Mm-hmm. And I have done being in a in an advisory role to, any, to President Trump or to any other administration has been criticized. But people don't understand. It's not we it, one one isn't doing it as a man. One is doing it to be the oracle of the Lord. And so mm-hmm. my conviction was that Jesus went to Zacchaeus's house, had a conversation, and a conversation led to a conversion. Again, he's not Zacchaeus and I'm not Jesus. But if I'm invited to a table where I can speak truth, I will always go to that table. Amen. Whether it's a candidate for president or whether it's someone of a different religion or a different persuasion that wants to hear what I believe to be truth, I will always go to that table and speak what thus saith the Lord. I love it. That is unfortunately an unpopular opinion, but it's one of righteousness, and it's one that we definitely need now. Tell me a little bit about the opportunities you've had because you chose to take that position. Well, there, there's been an opportunity to be at the, uh, again at that table, and when it comes when it comes to uh, to the at the time, um, it wasn't the most decision for me to take, but again was going to be at that table. Who else was going to advocate? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the opportunity has been there to speak truth to power. I was in the room. I remember being in a room, and it's been made public since then. I remember being in the room where pa- where, where God used Pastor Sam to speak to President Trump while, while, the, while the nation was grappling about what to do with children at the border or mm-hmm. building a wall or what we need to do with our laws. I watched as Pastor Sam, under the anointing of God, God used him to speak to the president, and the president say, you know what, he's right. We need to listen. I like this guy. I like. We, we need to listen to what he said. I was there when James Robeson and Pastor Sam took what, what I believe to be a righteous plan for immigration reform and put it in the hands of the president. You can't do that if you're not at the table. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. And that doesn't mean one agrees with everything the administration does. But when have we ever agreed with every administration? But we're at the table, and I think it's important to be there. You are absolutely right. So we're going to swap gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about your personal life. Just over two years ago, you actually lost your wife to cancer. Can you tell me a little bit about what the Lord has done through that and maybe what he's doing now? Yes, Jessalyn. Well, I want to to start it by celebrating the goodness of the Lord and the new thing that God has done for me. I recently got engaged to an incredible lady. Her name is Gina, and... I wasn't in a conference room right now. I'm excited. But, you know, Gina um, was, I started this year with my kids praying, and I said, we, we I said, God, we're believing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the best year we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Good things are going to happen to our family. And, and my kids and I would just pray that way. And early, or just early on in 2018, I met Gina, and we have a similar narrative. Both of us lost spouses to cancer mm. in our early 30s. Uh, both of, well, she was in her early 30s. I was in my late 30s when <laughs> I lost Jessica. But we both lost spouses to cancer, and we both had to learn this new way of life of being single parents, not by choice, mm-hmm. but because of what life brought our way. 
And it was such a unique experience because we could understand each other at a level that is, it's, it's just a very unique situation. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, what we had in common was pain, but that's not what brought us together. What brought us together now is that we've had an incredible present and we believe that we have a destiny for our future together. So we're getting married this December. But as you said, it was two and a half years ago that I had come home from a healing crusade in Orange County, California. Um, and my wife at that time, Jessica, was diagnosed with leukemia. And I immediately had to go from being an evangelist and a traveling preacher to being mom and dad at home, mm-hmm. raising those three kids. Uh, God extended her life from those two weeks to six months, and she passed away at six months after her diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God healed her of leukemia. I still believe God healed her of leukemia. Charisma did an article about her healing. The doctor wrote a letter. Uh, I have a video of the doctor speaking to Charisma, declaring her cancer-free, and it was just about two, three weeks after that report, we were in the hospital getting the release date. She would send her home, and while we were getting that release date, she she fainted, and she fell, and she didn't have any immune system because they had done a stem cell transplant, mm-hmm. and that fall created internal bleeding, which led to an aneurysm, and just a few weeks later, she passed way. Mm. And it was a very trying time for us. It was, a, it was a roller coaster with my kids trying to understand all that had happened. But I was so impressed, Jessalyn, um, with the faith that my children showed, because even hours before death, on her deathbed, my kids went to t- say goodbye. And my oldest, his name is Cole. I'm so proud of him. He went in and he said, Mommy, I really love you. I really want you to come home, but I don't want you to have cancer. And Daddy says there's no cancer in heaven. And so if, if, if you have to go to heaven so that you're healed, mommy, okay, he released her to heaven, Jessalyn. Oh, wow. And he told her, I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to live for God. And if daddy gives me permission, I, I want to be baptized. That you, I know you wanted to see me get baptized. And as crazy as that might sound to other people, Jessalyn, at her funeral, I baptized all three of my children in water for the remission of their sins. And I, you know, it's and it there was prophetic symbolism that day. I buried, I buried her in the ground. I buried my children in the waters of baptism. One symbolized death. The other symbolized life. One symbolized uh, death, uh, a sickness. The other symbolized healing. And on what should have been the worst day of our lives, we lived out that verse that says, "Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory?" Because my children, rather than lose their faith, made a proclamation of faith. And it was 30 days later, uh, TBN and Jonathan Miller, a friend of mine, invited us to do a healing crusade at, in Orlando at the Holy Land Experience. And I was praying for the sick. Steve Strang uh, invited us out to ride the boat with him. I, he was just so gracious to my family. We went out on the water, just had such a time of healing with my children. And the next day, we're doing a healing crusade. And in the crusade, while I'm praying for the sick, I lost sight of my kids, and when I found them, they were on the other side of the platform. They were praying for the sick, Jessalyn. They, mm. they had their hands stretched out. We got video of it. They're praying for the sick. And when we got back in the car, I asked them, I said, how did you have the faith to do that? And my son said, I don't want anybody to ever feel what we felt. Oh, wow. Be, be, because of that, what should have killed his faith, poked his faith. And so I... 
be forgetting a little back also right now, but the devil picked out the wrong family mm-hmm. because it used to be just me that prayed for the sick. But now there's four of us. It's my three children and I will actually have seven because it'll be Gina, myself, and our five children. I love that. That means seven times the anointing, seven times the miracles, seven times the healing. He should have just left us all alone. And we're claiming a harvest against hell. And I'm believing before the trumpet sounds or before I see the tomb, I'm going to see a million souls be saved and a million souls be healed for the glory of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love it. Full confession, I definitely started crying as you were telling that story, and I was trying to not sniffle into the microphone. Just baptizing your kids at your wife's funeral is, that's so incredible. That is so powerful, and it just, it got me, and the producer's like, it's okay. And and you know, even when that, like when that, when I met Gina, I wanted to hear her story. I wanted to hear about what she had lived through with her late husband, Corey. Mm -hmm. His last words when he passed away, he opened looked at his family and he said, we win. Amen. It should have been the worst moment of their life was him saying, we win. And when they celebrated his funeral, Joyce, they celebrated, they worshiped God because Corey won the battle of his faith and was now in the presence of the God that he sang about and he preached about. And it's just, I'm telling Gina and I are living witnesses that you can live through hell and still experience heaven, that you can go through the valley shadow of death, but God will be with you. He'll, And when you come out on the other side, he doesn't always give you back what you lost, mm-hmm. but he makes all things new. That is that is so true. Then you made me cry when you were telling her story and saying they win. And Oh, my goodness. Okay, I got to focus, Fox. We got to get back on track. Okay, so you're getting married in December. What's next for you? Well, what's next is a quick trip to Europe with Gina, and then we're going to come back. And the good news is I don't have to travel alone anymore. I'll have somebody to do with me. And we're going to keep preaching healing and restoration, and we're going to keep praying for the sick, and we're going to keep traveling and, and doing what God has called us to do and and working with Pastor Sam and the NHCLC and our program on TBN. and um, Just, again, just as, as they said in the old church, we're just going to keep on keeping on. I love it so much. Um, that's actually all the questions I have for you. Do you have anything you'd like to add? You know, I just, I just want to encourage everyone that's listening today that whatever you've lost and whatever your pain is, pain is relative. I might not understand your pain, and you might not understand my pain, but that doesn't diminish hurt. That doesn't diminish feeling to me. I want you to know that the God that healed me, the God that healed Gina, the God that healed our five children is the God that heals you today, delivers you today, and he's not a respecter of persons. So if he made all things new for Gina and I, he's going to make all things new for you. Mm, That is good. All right, one last thing before you go. Can you please pray for our listeners? Father, in the wonderful, matchless mother of Jesus Christ, I thank you that you're still the healer, you're still the redeemer, you're the savior, and you are present on this podcast. In the book of Acts, the apostles prayed over handkerchiefs, and the anointing would go and would touch the sick, and they would be healed. Father, I ask that your anointing would permeate and saturate this podcast, and that as people listen wherever they are in the world, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would be released right now. This 
This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.